0: This afternoon This This afternoon we go go back to the tenth chapter, Isaiah the fifty-sixth fifty-sixth chapter of Isaiah the tenth through the twelfth verse, focusing on that. Verse where it says, His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his own quarter. Come ye, say they. I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. Tomorrow shall be as this, and much abundant. Here, he's describing the false prophets of the, and leaders, political leaders, false prophets, teachers. Whatever position the Israelites were in, there were a distortion of the truth, a distortion of God's ways which caused them to be cast into blindness. They they can't distinguish <laughs> the truth from error. They, they are in darkness. They brought not only physical darkness, it's metaphorical in some senses. A lot of people say you, you try to take everything and bring some other value out of it, but I told you last week, physical blindness mirrors spiritual blindness. And a lot in the Bible with Jesus and his prophets were doing in the Old Testament and the prophets in the Old Testament more or less spoke of physical blindness. But the figurative meaning for us whereas we see the parables and the speakings in the New Testament more or less metaphorical for spiritual blindness. Everything ...points to the reality of spiritualness. And so we're looking at spiritualness... ...and the causes of blindness in the church... ...the causes of blindness among God's people... ...spiritually, because we're in a spiritual warfare... ...and we're spiritual people being regenerated... ...but Satan being that great deceiver... ...and I'll use some other scriptures... As we go along, because some people attribute some things to Satan and some attribute some things to God, whereas everything ultimately is from God. Ultimately, all blindness, whatever happens to you, whatever calamities happen, Satan has can only receive, or, or God can ordain him. Up. In other words, allow him to do it. As he said in the book of Amos, have a calamity or evil. Happened in a city and he had not done it. Right. Uh, so we see, according to Matthew, Jesus speaks in parables because the people do not see, hear, and understand. The reason for their inability to comprehend is their rejection of Jesus. The Pharisees kept rejecting <coughs> Jesus, what he was saying, and that rejection begins in Matthew 22 and condemnation of the religious leaders of the day of the Pharisees it wasn't that he was trying to convert them or whatever. So he began to speak to the people in parables. And Peter said, why you speak to them in parables? And he said it was not for them to understand. Uh, the story of the wedding feast in the book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, 1st the 15th verse, condemns the leaders the self-righteousness, and their refusal to accept God's provision for salvation. Same as the Jews throughout the Old Testament. They were always rejecting the prophets, his religious leaders of the day, the teachings, God's commandments, his statutes, precepts, and all of his judgments. Now, ultimately, when a prophet came, a prophet came for condemnation prophet came to declare God's judgment on the people when a prophet of God came. But uh, but sprinkled within the prophets of God, there were a lot of false prophets just like in these days there are a lot of false teachers. There are a lot of false teachers and false ministers and Satan ministers being transformed into angels of light deceiving the people and it says Satan deceiveth the whole world. Deception happens when you receive not the love of the truth. And then deception comes in. It's just like when Pharaoh, a lot of people say, Was it f- fair that it kept saying that God kept hardening Pharaoh's heart? Well, we'll notice that it was only after the first a couple of attempts, God trying to warn Pharaoh to allow his people to go to worship him. That Pharaoh hardened his own heart. After hardening his own heart, then God began to harden Pharaoh's heart. Same as it is with his word. After we preach, he says, one place in Scripture, after the second admonition, let him alone. See, because when you hear God's word, today is the day of salvation, is accepting God's word. But we continue to preach the word and warn people. And because we don't know who he has saved, he had saved, and who, which one is his last warning? Because their hearts were still hard, they responded by trying to entrap Jesus, Jesus, with questions about taxes, the resurrection, and the law. Now Jesus avoided their traps and indicted them for neither knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And that was one of the reasons Jerusalem failed. he said, because you knew not the time of your visitation. So we see that as a parent, you can tell your children, uh, you, you know, when they're small, you, you punish them or you chasten them. God chastens us, and we'll see where a lot of his people, that God had them in darkness. And that's what I say, whether the darkness is from God or Satan, God gives you an opportunity, a chance to come out of the darkness. And that's why he sent his son to be a light unto the world, to be a light unto the people. But that's why he sent preachers and he sent us to voice his words. That's why he commissioned us with the great commission to go and preach his word. So we see where they rejected him, and he turned the tables on them and asked a question they couldn't answer about the Messiah, which left them dumbfounded and not answering anymore. And it says, once he silenced them, he used the occasion to teach his disciples the truth about the leaders of the Lord. That's what I'm, I I do. I, I teach to those who come inside the church those outside the church I may proclaim the gospel or proclaim some of the word of God but you have to seek God after hearing his word you have to search after him you heard that it's like the blind Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus or whatever he never did see Jesus to after Jesus came and searched for him the people had rejected what had happened with him and they had a confrontation with blind Bartimaeus but when we hear God's word, it should create a hunger for us. It creates enlightenment. It creates a light going on like Saul was typical with Saul going around punishing and prosecuting the Christians. He was in spiritual darkness, not physical darkness. This was metaphorical with him that God blinded him with the bright light on the Damascus road. This bright light shined on him, set him in darkness, and during that time, when God sent to him, Paul knew the law. Paul knew all these things, and God sent Ananias to open Paul's eyes, a sign of spiritual awakening of Paul seeing the light. That conversion of Paul sent him on a journey of enlightening others to see the light. So, we're those who dwell in darkness. All of us dwell in darkness until we find Jesus Christ. That's what it is with the Jews. It says to the Jew first, he had been, they had been given the words of God, but they were rejecting the words of God. But now, that was through the flesh, And I talked about that earlier, about the law was weak, that it was through the flesh, But... Now he sets his spirit into certain ones whom he called. God is calling certain ones to the light. He introduces them to the light. Those that walk in darkness. The book of John 11, chapter 9 through 10, verse says, The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were only recently going to stone you in Jerusalem, and you're thinking about going back there again. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of light in the day? Anyone who walks in the daytime does not stumble because he sees by the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. He said this, and after that, said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. The disciples answered, Lord, if he had fallen asleep, he will recover. However, Jesus had spoken of this death, of his death, but they thought that he was referring to a natural sleep. So here they are in darkness. In other words, they can't understand spiritual truth because they were dead in trespasses and sin ever since the time of Adam. You remember he said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Not only did man died that day. He died spiritually, but not physically. So, that was kind of a backwards view of the mirror that that was an awakening and a life. When he talks about the resurrection and a new life and regeneration, he's talking about putting things back in the order in the way God made it. Man first was a man. He was first man. God breathed into the dust. The the breath of life and man became a living soul God was in the process of making man and he rested on the Sabbath day but we see he hadn't concluded with making man in his image man disobeyed God which brought not only death and darkness true spiritual blindness but it also brought spiritual blindness him being Rejected by God and set with Satan as the God of this world, he's the one who had blinded the minds of those that didn't believe because Adam transgressed God, he was the transgressor, he wasn't deceived, he willfully obeyed God, he chose to walk in darkness. Man today has choices. God says, I set before you life and death, you have a choice. To obey and follow his word and walk in light and believe upon Jesus Christ and his word. Have faith in it and you'll have eternal life. In other words, coming to the light. He's the light that lighted every man that coming into the world. He's a light given unto the Jew first and unto the Gentile. The Jew first because they had the scriptures first. But it was only after his death, burial, and resurrection that the Spirit would come dwell in man, enabling him to be born again, born of the Spirit, born and being reconciled to God. In other words, put back in proper standing with God, coming to the light. And that light would get ever brighter. If you notice in the Bible, it speaks about light increasing, the light in the book of Daniel where they increased in knowledge and in the understanding of God, the greater the light becomes. Yes. The more you receive knowledge and understanding from God is seeing life from God's perspective because He's in the light. We're beyond the borders of God. My first sermon here was the borders of God because we were beyond the horizon of God and He called us out of darkness, so we're not like the rest of the Gentiles. I talked about it. I think last time I Ephesians four seventeen through eighteen, but I'll go back over it in a minute. He called us out of darkness to walk in light, as He's in the light. Yes. So now they start to. He's trying to explain to them, and they understanding that the word, the Bible, is not written to curl man. And they couldn't understand the Bible. And that's part of the angels of God coming, separating the wheat from the tares. The Word of God does that by building and making God's children hear His voice. They begin to hear His voice, see the light and come to the light. They come out of the world and be separate. God receives them as sons and daughters. He said... I'll be a God unto you and you'll be my sons and daughters. Whereas the children of the world, the children that love darkness, remain in the world and remain seeing the plagues of the world. Remain in death. So they're coming to understanding what God's trying to tell them by words that us as born again children of God having faith and belief that we do receive eternal life, Realize that we don't die that we may sleep. But he is the resurrection. That's what he told Mary and Martha. It's, she said, I know he'll live again in the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. And so we don't see death because we believe and we abide in him. And we're walking in the light as he's in the light. So that's why we're not no longer afraid of death and he took the Sting out of death and the victory from the grave. And we walk in the light we're children of the light. John, the 12th chapter, the 35th through the 36th verse says, We've heard from the law that the Christ is to remain forever. How then can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you, only have a little while longer. Walk While you have the light, keep on living by it so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. He is drifting aimlessly. While you have the light, believe and trust in the light. Have faith in it. Hold on to it. Rely on it so that you may become sons of light. That is, being filled with light as followers of Christ. Jesus said these things and then he left. And hid himself from them. Now I realize this is this is where I ended up last week, Sunday, on the sermon. If you want to hear the exposition of this, it's under the sermon Physical Blindness, Mirrors, Spiritual Blindness. And this is the last one that I summarized. I think Ephesians four seventeen through 18 is the one I said that I would go over with you about the darkness. It says, This I say therefore in testifying the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, that is, in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, the Gentiles, in other words, all of those outside of Christ who hadn't heard the word of God, who hadn't been converted, who hadn't changed, who hadn't received the circumcision. That is a new heart, whereas God writes his laws upon your heart, upon the heart of man. They believe on him and they're sealed with the seal of God, which carry other elements of salvation it carries regeneration they're rejoicing in abundance of other teachings that we have and taught upon so we're not going to rehash that but let me read this in the amplified version about the darkness it says same Ephesians 4 17 through 18 so this I say solely affirmed together with the Lord as in his presence because everything we do we know it's, we are in the presence of God He says that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Don't live as unbelievers do because in the futility of their minds, having their understandings darkened, in other words, and in the foolishness and emptiness of their soul for their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. They hadn't repented. They repent. We see in Revelations where the people don't repent of their evil deeds. They don't repent of their evil works. We have to be purged, and our conscience is washed by the sprinkling of water God removes the guilt. God does this circumcision so that the light can penetrate in. He says, because if the mind is single, if the mind is light, right. then that whole body can receive light. But if the heart is darkness, how great is that darkness of man? Because man is desperately wicked. It can nobody know the heart? It is deceitful above all. Yes. Man is depraved, and that's why society... Continues on to God ends this world And this world system It's an end to this world Because there's no salvation or end. There's an end point It's not cyclical Man won't get better He has to be born again Or return to the dust There's two different seeds in the earth Two different seeds So let me read this in the living version before I go on. He says, let me say this then, speaking for the Lord. Live no longer as the unsaved do, for they are blinded and confused. Their closed hearts are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds against him, and they cannot understand his ways. They are shut off from God. These are the blind. These are the... Blind that being led by the leaders, the blind leading the blind, whether they prophet, priest, king, parent, whoever, whoever it is that's unconverted, they're blind, without understanding. Dumb dogs that cannot bark. First John 1, 5-6 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is a light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He's the light. So all of those that are God's children uh, that are imitating Jesus Christ walk in the light as he's in the light. And they love the light because they're children of light. They have no fellowship with the evil works of darkness. That's why the works of the flesh, God says you must pull off all of those things because... Though They who do such things cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It keeps away the purity of man. It keeps away the holiness of man. It says to appear in heart shall see God. But others are blinded by this world and the God of the world, by mammoth, by the things of this world because of the love of the world. He said, love not the world or the things of the world. If you love the world or the things of the world, you are enemy of God. The Amplified says, this is the message that God promised revelation which we have heard from him and now announced to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. Now if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and do not the truth. And we don't practice the truth. Because how can two walk together unless they agree? And if we are in agreement with God, we have no fellowship with the evil works of darkness. We disp- The light dispels the darkness. Yes. You're not your enemy of the darkness. In other words, that's why Jesus said, don't think that I come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. It sets a difference, light versus darkness. The world was darkness, and the Spirit moved, it brooded upon the earth, and God says, light be. When the light is shined, darkness vanquishes. Darkness vanishes. The living says, this is the message God has given us to pass on to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So if we we say we are his friends, but go on living in spiritual darkness and sin, we are lying. So we can't live. Walking is living. Walking is a trade quote word for living. So if we say we live in light, God, we can't walk in darkness. We we are in spiritual darkness if we do things that are wickedness and live in spiritual, not only physical, but spiritual darkness. We have to be sprinkled and washed by God. First John 2 and 11 says, but he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Here again when he speaks of blindness. Not just physical blindness as he was talking about in Isaiah 56 saying they are blind guides of the blind. they are blind dogs that do not see and they cannot bark. In other words, he's talking about a spiritual blindness because... You hate your brother. In other words, there's something spiritually wrong with you. Yes. Not necessarily physically, but we know the spiritual proceeds. I mean, the physical is an outward manifestation sometime of what's in the man. That's why he says, that which goeth into a man doesn't defile a man, that which cometh out from a man. So if you see these hate group um, people hate different people and different races and classes and distinguish between these people. They don't love God. They can't love God. Those are one of the things that appearances does allow us to judge. We have to be careful with judgment. God gives us proper discernment. That's a matter of having light. In other words, having a proper understanding or ability to reason and ration things out. But the one who habitually hates that works against his brother is in spiritual darkness and is, and is walking in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Sin has blinded him. In other words, the God of the one who carries the things of this world, hatred is blinded Hatred is not a part of what God is. Bitterness is not a part of what God is. Envy, all of these are characteristics of, of the evil one. You remember he says you are your father the devil. He was a murderer and a liar in the beginning. These are not characteristics of the child of God. The living says for he who dislikes his brother is wandering in spiritual darkness. And doesn't know where he is going for the darkness has made him blind so he cannot see the way. You remember he told Cain that uh, why are your continents wrath?" he says. If you do it well, won't your sacrifice be accepted? He hated his brother. He was about ready to kill Abel. He says, sin lieth at the door. His desire is unto you, but you shall control. In other words, you should rule over sin. We should rule, and that's what Jesus Christ came. He came and gave us power and authority with him. We'll rule and reign with Him. We have, to have, we have the ability to have dominion with Him. That's what He gave His children. That's the regeneration. That's the restoration. That's the blessing. That's the life we should walk in. That's restoration of the sons of God. That's why we take His yoke upon us and learn of Him. The more we learn of Him, the greater we can become. Greater miracles. Greater works we can do. The more obedient, the better we see, the light shineth in. It, it keeps like a, looking in a mirror darkly. The more you wash away the dirt and the face that's covering the mirror as he spit on Bartimaeus' eyes, the blind man's eyes, and that blind man went to see, had made a spittle and covered it with dirt. And I say he made a mud spindle and he went to wash in the pool of Siloam. Well, he never did see Jesus before this. He says, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy upon me. But he obeyed Jesus and he struggled in darkness. It was a struggle probably to get to that pool of Siloam. A lot of us have struggles in life. We've walked in darkness. We've walked in blindness. But our Savior comes to bring us a light. That's the hope we have, that he'll eventually bring light to us that are in darkness. Once he began to wash that away, he could see clearly. After that, the people told him about Jesus. He said, who is he? So that I may worship him. He went in search of Jesus. He was looking and Jesus searched him out and found him. We see one man that was blind and he he, he wasn't, he said he sees men as trees. His blindness was cured gradually. Some of our blindness are cured gradually through a process. We grow in sight. So, Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says, In the Spirit, when we see spiritual faults in others, we should convert them into mirrors, examining our own spiritual progress, looking for similar things in ourselves, That grieves God's spirit Remember I said be careful with judging Well Matthew 7 Chapter 1 through 5 Is about judge ye not That ye be not judged With the same measure ye judge Shall be measured unto you So we use God's word As that standard of judgment As to criteria As to how we judge And we do it with empathy We do it with mercy We do it with love and Kindness. We do it through the spirit of God, and He shines light up on our pathway. And now we could see clearly. Since now we see our brother, and we love our brother, now we can pick the beams out of our own eye. Since that spiritual, that physical blindness, moral spiritual blindness. Once we can see that prostitute, that drug addict, that liar, that cheat whatever they may be, that greedy person, covetous person or whatever, once we see them as an individual and witness and look at them and think about how we were, such were some of us. Homosexual, lesbianism, whatever it was, dishonoring parents, unthankful. If we would take that mirror of what that image is that we hate so much, God is showing us, such were some of you. We were in this condition before Jesus died for us, and He loved us and died for us. Yes. Yes. Or it may refer to those who were the nation's watchmen in our Savior's time the chief priests, scribes, and the Pharisees, all of them, how they looked upon other nations, how they looked it up on the classes of people, which well, the same in this day and time. With nationalities, with the way American looks at others, with the way Christian looks at non-Christians, the way Christian looks at other Christians or whatever, it is sad. It's it's, it's a very sad character that is here given of these watchmen. If he's made us watchmen, and we're to warn the people, we're to be on guard and alert. And that's like I say, that's all of us, not just political leaders. He said, "What I say to one, I say to all." To watch and pray. So he's not only just talking to the pastors and the deacons, he's talking to everyone here. Woe unto the land when thine guides are such, they had no sense or knowledge of their business. They were wretchedly ignorant of their work and very unfit to teach. Being so ill-taught themselves as watchmen are blind and therefore utterly unfit to be watchmen. Is that some of us unfit to be in the church, unfit to be teachers? Christ is the purge of the church, and we notice this is among his people. In the book of Revelation, where he talks to the seven churches, five of those churches, he told them to repent because he knew what was going on in the churches. He knew those that he knew where Satan's seat was. He knew those that were following the doctrine of Jezebel. He knew their shortcomings. If we don't see ourselves, or unless we are like the land that that is that he is blind, wretched, and naked, and don't see ourselves for who we are, we're going to miss this. Christ describes the Pharisees to be blind leaders of the blind, Matthew 15 and 14. Then the disciples came and said to Jesus, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended that they heard you say this? He answered, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant will be torn up by the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind guides leading the blind. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall in the ditch. So, are we seeing what causes this blindness? It's the rejection of God's word. It's the lack of the new birth, not being born again. It's a lack of repentance. It's a lack of not being one of God's called people. We have to see that if God has caused this blindness to the people, we you got a dichotomy here. you got two things. We have to continue to preach and teach God's word, but we have to be as Jesus was when he came there. You remember he said, I've chosen you 12, but one of you is a devil. He didn't treat that devil any different than he did the rest of them. Remember, Judas went out. He was among the seven that cast out devils. As a matter of fact, Judas was the treasurer. We have to be careful of those among our ranks because we don't know who's going to be a late bloomer among us. John Mark was a late bloomer. Paul and Mark had vicious words. We don't know, but we also have to be aware because the wheat and tares are growing together. Paul gives us rules for... Brothers that are fornicators, idolaters, and carry on such activity that we must be circumspect. That's why, with fear and trembling, we have to work our, out our own salvation. Because they are plants that are planted in the kingdom of God that are planted in the garden that's to be hewed down at the roots. That will be taken. The tear should be taken and burned. There's a separation, there's a judgment, there's a justice. So we must preach and speak forth this word because the causes of this blindness could be of Satan, but it could be of God. It could be because of their disobedience, and it could be, as Paul said, that the man was going with his mother-in-law, that, I mean, his father's wife. Paul says, put him out and for the destruction of the flesh that Satan would. See, because our work will be tried and some of us will lose all our rewards, but we'll be saved. So we never know the destruction of the flesh, what has to occur. So what causes this blindness, only God knows. And that's why I say we have to get wisdom and knowledge and understanding from God how to be circumspect in our walk or we need to be careful or we'll tear up the wheat and the tear together trying to pull them loose the beast of the field he says the beast of the field come to devour and the watchmen are blind and not aware of it now let's look at that ninth verse where he says all ye beast of the field come to devour ye are all ye beasts in the forest so he's talking about government He's talking about wicked at men. When Paul said he fought against beasts, I don't think it was the lions in the amphitheater or anything that he was fighting against. I think it was evil and wicked at men. You know, Jude calls some of them, and Peter calls them natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. Yes. They are men with those characteristics because they are the father the devil. So they are being destroyed in such ways. And they are the ones that get hold to some lambs. That's why you see wolves and sheep's clothing because some disobedient lamb lost his life by being disobedient or wandering too far astray from the herd. Those are the souls under the altar that saying, how long, Lord, before you avenge our death, before you avenge us on the earth? So that's why I say we can't judge by circumstances of what happens to a person or whatever. As as they were blind watchmen, they could not discern the danger. So they were dumb dogs that would not give warning. And nowadays, because of money and everything, certain people won't preach against sin. They won't preach against living a life of, of, of means, living a life without a lot of wealth of prosperity. They need to preach the prosperity doctrine because that's what people want to hear. They, they preach to people having itching ears what they want to hear, but not what they need to hear. Sometimes it's hurtful to preach and talk to people. But this is what's necessary for them to see in that mirror, that mirror of God's Word that washes away the filth. Now they could receive it or reject it. They could be like Naaman. Naaman didn't really want to go wash in the, in the river. He said, that old muddy Jordan, it's got plenty of rivers. You might have to wash it in the mud. You rejected what God's given you to drink. He saying, why are the dogs set to guard the sheep if they cannot bark to awaken the shepherd and frighten the wolf? Such were these, those that had the charge of souls Never reproved men for their faults Nor told them what would be the end thereof. Like I said, these are the false prophets and false teachers That we will get into in the next part of this teaching They never gave them notice of judgments of God That were breaking up on them You remember when Jeremiah was prophesying doom And the prophets of Baal was prophesying good things For Ahab and Jehoshaphat Micaiah said no. and And he actually told the truth. A true prophet of God. Tell the truth and that gives you a chance to repent or turn from it. Whether you like the message or not. We have to deliver the message. We can't fail to declare the whole gospel to some people. So a lack of declaring God's word the whole truth. A twisting of God's word causes blindness. Not delivering God's word causes blindness. Not being vigilant, not being zealous, not saying something when you're fearful. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Some people are afraid to tell people, tell their children, tell their parents, or tell their spouse. You have to ask God to give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as to how you should do these things. That's why you have to be led by the Spirit of God. They barked at God's prophet and bit them too and were the sheep, but they made no opposition to the wolf or thief. A lot of people are talked back to their spouse, to their parents, to their children, but they won't do it to strangers. They won't do it to their friends. They won't do it to other people, but here I am. There are people that have run me down. I had this woman today, and she was just as hard on me or whatever and I was trying to communicate with her, but she just kept being offensive to me. I ended up apologizing to her, but she still was offensive. I'll pray about her. I'll pray to God, and I'll pray money and everything. But that's her problem before God, whether she changed or not. They were lazy and would take no pains to change. They are every everyone looking to his own way. So self care, self-ambition, self- pleasure is another cause of ways of getting blinded of being blinded. Minding your own interest That's the one that was polluting the Sabbath. You remember, tending to their own business, their own interests. That was polluting and defiling the Sabbath. Self-centeredness. All of these things causes blindness. Yes. Having no regard for Public welfare for the good of others, for their brethren Like I said, hating your brother just downright mean, a sour, bitter. It was pa- Saint Paul's complaint of the watchmen in the time of the Philippians, Philippians two twenty one. He says, "All seek their own, not the things that are Jesus Christ." He said, "Their god is their belly; it's their own self. They're looking for self pleasure." For the others who deserted me after my arrest all seek to advance their own interests, not those of Christ. That's the amplified Version. The Living Version says, Everyone else seems to be worrying about his own plan and not those of Jesus Christ. Is every man getting what God has for him? In other words, I'm going to get mine. I'm seeking a blessing. Every man's for himself. It's like the time of judges. Every man is doing what's right in his own eyes, not according to the word of God, not seeking the benefit of the body of Christ. Everyone is for propagandering his own opinion, advancing his own party, raising his own family, and having everything to his own mind, while the common concerns of the public are wretchedly neglected and postponed. They look everyone to his own gain. Hardening the heart is another cause of spiritual blindness. That's what the Pharisees did. That's what they did in the time of Judges. That's what Israel did all of its time. If you read that whole 28th chapter, I'm just going to read two verses out of there. The 28th chapter of Deuteronomy says, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness, Astonishment of heart Let me read that in amplify Amplified before The Lord will strike you with madness And with blindness and with bewilderment Of heart and mind You will be groping at noonday That is in broad daylight Just as blind grope in the dark There's Nothing you do Will prosper but you will only Be oppressed and exploited And robbed continually With no one to save you Now that's God telling Israel What he was going to do to them And what was written in the Old Testament was written for our admonition. So as they spoke those blessings from one mountain, they spoke the curses from another mountain. That if you didn't do these things, what would happen? Now, if you see the televangelists and all of the preachers, you never hear them mention the curses. They always say the pleasant things. They don't talk about sin. They talk about... Receiving favor from God and all of these things it's about self it's about self pride self interest yes. as part of God's warning to the Israelites against sin he promises to hobble their ability to understand reason and think things through God does this same thing to us he don't open our understanding to understand the scriptures he he Creates a block, a wall there and he punishes and chastens his children until it conforms a fit into his plan that they begin to hear him. This curse shows the other side of the principle that understanding comes with following God's commandments. Now I'm going to show you what happened when God removes the blinding. Satan doesn't remove the blinding. Satan blinding is a deception it's, it's deceit so we know that only God can remove true blindness or God can remove blindness Psalms 111 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding and all they have that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever so we see where understanding is starting to see clearly is is the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord, Psalms 111 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth fell. So we see where the beginning of opening of that sight is. Where that the entrance of light giveth understanding. Where God's word is the entrance of light. The word is the light. Jesus is the light. Conversely, breaking God's commandments destroys understanding. So if you're not keeping the commandments, that's why the blessing follows after those eunuchs and strangers that keep and not pollute his Sabbath. Because they know it's the Sabbath of God. They're not just doing it because it's a good thing. Because they know it's the Lord's. That's why they keep the Sabbath. They know it's part of his character, his nature, and they keep the commandment of God. The physical curses in Deuteronomy 28 are painful enough, but the mental blindness in verse 28 creates a dreadful situation here, and nothing is worse than vanity and vexation of spirit, which Solomon underwent in Ecclesiastes with all of his wisdom, he says, vanity and vexation of spirit. Amid the other curses, a person can least analyze what is happening and perhaps find a way to deal with it. So not only are you fighting advice, fighting counseling, and that's why I say if people can't tell you anything, a preacher can't get through, you're rejecting criticism that may be coming from God. It's the Word of God. You're not listening at the preacher. You're not listening at somebody witnessing to you. Well, you can't analyze and figure out what's happening and do anything about it. That's why this this blasphemy against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven because you're fighting against truth. You can't fight against the truth. But this blindness and inability to discern rationally makes a person's plight just that much worse in the book of Romans, you see where he turns them over to a reprobate mind. You start seeing, well, doesn't God want me to be happy if I love this guy? Shouldn't I be happy? But it goes against his commandments. He made them male and female. But it says that God turns them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, they can't distinguish the truth. The woman seeking the nat- instead of that which is natural, they burn in their lust one toward another. People love lies. People love a corrupt administration. They love corrupt gov- governmental officials. They love corruption. They love darkness. They love the forces of darkness. That's what then happened. We love darkness rather than light. That's our God or oh, it's a false God. John three nineteen. It says, This is the judgment that, the, that is the cause for the indictment coming from God, the test by which the people are judged, the basis for the sentence of judgment, the, judi- the judicial blindment comes from. That is, the light has come into the world, Jesus Christ, the truth, the way and the life, and people love darkness rather than the light, for their deeds was evil. No, don't give me this good person. Give me somebody that's a liar, that's an adulterer, that mm, do anything, that's a scoundrel. They would rather that. It says, this is the dark. This is why they're turning over to this. They love darkness rather than light. Second Thessalonians 2.10-12 through 12 says, and by unlimited seduction to evil, and with all the deception of wickedness, for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the love of the truth, that is, of the gospel, of the things of God, so as to be saved, they were spiritually blinded, they were spiritually blind and rejected the truth that would have saved them. Because of this, God was sent upon them a misleading influence. In other words, such a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. An activity of error and deception. And that's what we have now politically and religion. religiously people believing lies. The greatest, the most money-making religions, the most money-making ministries, the mega-ministries are the ones that would tell the people anything, tell them what they want to hear. And the people would... Rather believe those lies He says So they will all believe the lie In order that they may be all judged And condemned who believe not the truth About their sin and the need for salvation But instead they took pleasure in unrighteousness God's willingness to take away understanding And wisdom makes many uncomfortable They do not believe he would actually do such a thing. They do not believe what he said, that he says what he means. But you remember what happened to Pharaoh. He was created to be taken and destroyed. That God get glory over him. He was created for such a purpose. And Jude, the fourth verse to the seventh verse of Jude, says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, just as if they were sneaking in by a side door, They are ungodly persons whose condemnation was predicted long ago. For they distort the grace of our God into decadence and immoral freedom, viewing it as an opportunity to do whatever they want and deny and disown our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you though, although you are fully informed once for all that the Lord after saving the people out of Egypt subsequently destroyed those who did not believe that he who refused to trust and obey him and the angels who did not keep their own designated place of power but abandoned their proper place of domain he kept it in, ch- in eternal chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So God causes people to repentance to have a good bit of notes here for you a good bit of notes for y'all but in, when he was commissioning Isaiah to go preach he didn't want want Isaiah to stumble at this, the 6th chapter the ninth through the 10th verse when Isaiah says send me he says then I heard the voice of the Lord saying who shall I send and who will go for us then I said here I am send me and he said go and tell these people keep on listening but do not understand Keep on looking, but do not comprehend. Make the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, and their eyes dim. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be here. So we see here where God's going to blind the people. He's going to close off the hearing and the understanding. And he wants Isaiah to know that he's going to do this until complete desolation and destruction comes upon the people. So that he wouldn't equivocate, uh, that he wouldn't turn the gospel message around, him nor Jeremiah, to get converts. He knew the people wasn't listening. God had closed them up, lest they hear of his word. And he will turn some back. Now Isaiah 29 and 10 says, For the Lord had poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and had closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, and the seers had he covered. In other words, his prophets, his seers, he had covered their eyes. He had, he had poured this blindness out of them. Read the 28th chapter, I mean to the 29th chapter of Isaiah. God did this. He had told them in the first chapter of Isaiah that somebody should close the temple doors. He's not taking the offerings. He didn't want to smell in their assemblies. He wasn't going to hear their prayers. Isaiah 42 and 17. Those who trust and cause idols will be turned back. Utterly put to shame who say to cash images, You are our gods. And at the time which Isaiah speaks, they are blind. He blesses his disciples that he has in darkness that he opens their light. Like the man born blind. They say, Who had sinned, this man or his parents? And they said, He had neither. He says He was born this way for the glorification of God. In other words, I don't know how old that man was, but he had been blind all that time because God had made him that way. Nobody had seen but for Jesus to open up his eyes. Messiah brings spiritual enlightenment. He brings sight to the blind. Isaiah 42, 6-7. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also take you by the hand and keep and watch over you. I will appoint you as a, as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nation, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who sit in darkness from the prison. Isaiah 42 and 16. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. I will guide them in paths that they do not know. I will make darkness into light before them and ruggeded places into plain. These things I will do for them and I will not leave them abandoned abandon them. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Isaiah says God is our witness. 43 and 8. Bring out the people who are blind even those that have eyes and the deaf even though they have ears. So, the God of this world can blind people. We see where God blinds people, but Satan Second Corinthians four one through six. Therefore, since we have this ministry, just if we've received, we do not get discouraged nor lose our motivation. But we have renounced the disgraceful things hidden because of shame, not walking in trickery or adulterating the word of God, but by stating the truth. We commend ourselves to everyone conscious in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is hidden to those who are perishing, it is hidden. Among them, the God of this world, that is Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of Christ. Satan had blinded the minds of those that didn't believe. Now, if God had blinded them, they never would see. But Satan blinds, I mean, if God had blinded his own people for a chastisement or whatever, we see in some other verses that he opens their eyes to see. But we see that Satan also blinds eyes. Now, we're going to have to end right here and pick up another.